podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another show. Hope you're doing well. Saturday the 15th of July and we've got some stuff to speak about today in terms of Reese James, injury worries once again for him ahead of the US preseason tour. Ivan Tony, Chelsea's plan potentially to try and sign him in January when he returns from his ban from the FA. Also, we'll speak about Callum Hudson-Odoi to Fulham. We'll speak about Frank Lampard, that kind of revealing interview he did over uh, the past couple of days. Uh, Lukaku, Casado, and Kunku joining training. We'll try and wrap up a few things uh, before ending today's show. Before we do get into today's show, um, I did kind of hint at this at recent uh, shows that I've done over the past few weeks in terms of a big announcement. If you've been following me on Twitter, if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen this. I'm flying out actually tonight at the time of recording of this of this show to Australia to cover the Women's World Cup, mainly following England, um, their trails and kind of seeing how they do. Hopefully they can go all the way like they did last summer. But uh, yeah, it's incredible, really a little bit surreal, but I'm going to cover the social side uh, for the mirror, basically uh, reach women's football kind of going there on the ground basically to the fan festivals and to the stadiums to get a lot of content so i'll leave links in the description box below at our women's football is the place to go on tiktok um it's the same on instagram twitter too as i say go in the link to this to the description of this show and you will see those links that is where i'm going to be popping up basically throughout the tournament and also on facebook live so i will um be covering a lot of that but in terms of son of chelsea i want to keep doing it whilst i'm out in australia as much as i can uh, the time difference kind of means that i'm going to be able to watch the u.s preseason friendlies probably at a reasonable time rather than having to stay up so late but it does mean that my content plan may look a little bit different in terms of when i'm releasing videos um, i will try my best to to make sure that videos aren't dropping literally in the middle of the uk night because that is where the majority of my audience are obviously where I'm based. So I usually am uploading shows around like six or seven at night at the moment in the UK. So I will try my best to, to do similar. Uh, obviously, as you can understand, it will be a little bit different and a little bit difficult to keep up as much of a schedule because it is going to be very hectic out there. And especially uh, some of the games are going to be at night. So it will be quite challenging, but we'll be out there hopefully getting some good content. So I wanted to, to share that before I do fly out to Australia and then my next video is like from a hotel or somewhere and you just don't know why things have changed. So I wanted to announce that. We're going to start off here, Reese James. So the positive is that Reese James is going to be going on Chelsea's US preseason tour. But I think this is a, a pretty noteworthy story because it's something that we spoke about actually in the last show I did when I was referring to Christian Pulisic and his injury problems. And people got annoyed at me um, in terms of saying that Mount was a more valuable player than Reese James. And the reason I use that example was just because of durability. And I think, once again, this kind of proves the, the big question and kind of and it should come up again in terms of Reese James and the big concern we all have about him, despite his incredible talent. And I want to make this abundantly clear, right? Because Mason Mount's no longer a Chelsea player. Reese James is an outstanding talent. If we're just having a discussion in terms of talent, technique, 
ability within the current Chelsea squad. Now that N'Golo Kante has left, I would probably say Rhys James is top of that list. In terms of just raw talent, in terms of what we've produced in the, the club's academy, he is one of the very best. That's not my point when I talk about value and trust mostly in terms of if you cannot rely on a player who's supposed to be integral to your plans. This is the discussion we had about N'Golo Kante. It's very difficult to you know, give that player higher status. And also then I think you have to kind of put safety measures in place to get sustainable sort of backup like a Malo Gusto that we have this summer to make sure that if that player does break down throughout the season, which based on previous evidence is very likely to happen, you do have someone there to cover. And I think this story is interesting. So Nazar Kinsella saying that Chelsea sent Reese James for knee scan amid injury scare as four left out of USA Tour squad. Uh, James had a has had a precautionary scan on his knee after feeling pain ahead of the start of preseason earlier this week. Chelsea expected positive news. They got positive news, but opted to do a scan before their star defender was on a long haul trip to the US. New Blues manager Mauricio Pochettino wants to make James integral to his plans and hopes he can build his fitness through warm-up matches against Wrexham, Brighton, Fulham and Newcastle. So this is, it's going to be huge because Reese, at his best, I, I keep saying this, I think if Reese stays fit for a majority of this season, as I did at the start of last season, I think he wins player of the year because I think his performance levels are that good. It's just, he keeps on having these problems and I do hope that maybe a new fitness regime will help players like Reese James. But as we know with some players, they just have injury problems. They just there's something about them that means they break down a, a lot of time. So I just hope for Reese's sake he can get over this because to think of how amazing he has been at times and to think of what he could do with a more consistent run of games, it's scary. It's scary for opposition. I think it's very exciting for all of us. So let's hope he has a very very strong preseason for Chelsea. That that's the main hope. Second story here uh, is from uh, Felix Johnston. This was something uh, reported the other day. An exclusive that Paul Wynn Stanley is trying to push a plan and reach a consensus with other directors to move for Ivan Tony in January. Sources close to the player confirm that Wynn Stanley has been speaking to Tony's camp since May. It's his direct plan and Tony would be open to a move. So we know that Ivan Tony has been banned uh, due to a uh, breach of uh, gambling sort of um, rules and he won't be back till I want to say around mid-January, January the 16th is kind of the date I remember. So it's a while and Ivan Tony, I think would have been on the move this summer from Brentford had he not had this ban I think he was right in the firing line to to get a big move because he's had such an incredible career so far and, and especially since he's moved up to the Premier League with Brentford he has proved himself capable of excelling in the top flight and um, I think he's got all the attributes that Chelsea would need from a centre forward I think he, from a physical point of view, I think he is, he's, from an imposing point of view, something that Chelsea haven't had from a forward for, for quite a while. Someone who's able to really disrupt and cause chaos, but also technically too. I think Tony is is a much more rounded player than maybe some think of, because when we think of Brentford, we think of a very direct game, but you see his ability in transition. You see his ability with Brian and Burma, the way those two can sort of spread the fences and cause chaos. And, and Tony at times can drift a little bit um, out wide. And from the penalty spot, he's very lethal. In front of goal, he's lethal too, airily. 
Um, I thought one of his best performances last season was against Man City where he scored two goals. Just so clinical too in front of goal. So there's no denying the player's quality here. And I think for Premier League proven quality... Um, in- Hosting a get-together this fall? A dinner party maybe? Or even a game night? Well, don't do it without Drizzly, your go-to app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door. It's basically the ultimate hosting hack, but don't tell that to the gamers. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. In terms of what you'd get, I think Tony makes a lot of sense. I think the big question here, and it has to be brought up, is how does the player look when he returns from what is a pretty unprecedented you know, especially for him, but especially for a lot of players, time out of the game. And I think some of the regulations and some of the the ways he is unable to even like train with um, his teammates or even go to the, the training ground, I think is pretty cruel, to be honest. This brings up the wider conversation around betting and gambling and kind of the, the weird, the irony that, you know, he is banned from, from playing for Brentford. Brentford's betting, do have a betting sponsor on the front of their shirt. We've spoken about the the gambling sort of problem within football of of just how awash gambling sponsorship is within the the English game. I mean, it's just these are wider discussions. But how does Tony mentally, psychologically, how is he going to be impacted by the next few months? And what does he come back like as a player? Because he's not going to be match ready. Um, He's not going to be someone that is going to be halfway for a season so pretty fit and and raring to go. You'd have to bring him in for probably still a very hefty fee in January if that deal could happen. But then also understand that you're probably not going to be throwing him into the firing line straight away. And having that understanding for a player who will cost a lot is, is an interesting discussion to have but I think people have got to have that understanding right that there is a, a possibility that Tony would have played and, and will have played barely any elite football for quite a long period of time and it's how you cope with that so I understand getting Ivan Tony I think he's a brilliant player but if you're expecting him to come in maybe and have an impact massively next season I think you're it's going to be a struggle you know because it will be about building that match fitness up hopefully quickly but there is that understanding too but listen I think Tony would be a brilliant signing I think he would in terms of a striker and we keep on having discussions in terms of letting David Datra go we've got Nicholas Jackson Christopher Nkunku is now in training but I, I expect Nkunku will play maybe a, a deeper role than kind of centre forward and Armando Breuer too but I, I think that I'd rather wait for Tony than say sign Duzan Vlajevic that's just my personal view some other things to wrap up here so Frank Lampard did this podcast a diary of a um, CEO with uh, Stephen Bartlett. It's a really good podcast and Frank has done a few really good podcasts in recent years. He was on the High Performance podcast with Jake Humphrey. Um, one when he was at Chelsea and one when he was at Everton. Really insightful. This one, because he's not connected to a club, I think maybe he was more... Because uh, I think the last two times he was pretty much like in training gear for both of those clubs. This time he was just in kind of his own clothes and he was much more relaxed to open up. I think there were some very interesting takes. I mean, obviously he was asked and, and and I think Stephen Bartlett, despite the fact that he's not a football pundit, a football journalist, I think asked very relevant questions that we wanted answers to in terms of that period with the interim role, how badly it was, the culture. These are things that Frank has kind of alluded to himself in, in public, but obviously the big quote, I guess the headline grabbing quote for this week was the fact that he very publicly admitted he was pushing for Declan Rice. We knew this, but this is out of his own mouth. He was like, I wanted this guy to be the captain of Chelsea for the next 10 years. And it's just, 
it's staggering really how Chelsea dropped the ball with Declan Rice. It really is. Um, and still the, the, the suggestions that the old ownership were not willing to go out all out for Declan Rice because they were concerned about going in for an old player. Again, that sources, that's, you know, that, that's alleged. But just the fact that we didn't push for, for Declan Rice and we didn't push for, say, Aurelien Chumeni as a backup, I just think scandalous, really, given those two players and given what Chelsea have needed. But as well, I think he did get pretty emotional near the end. I think Frank spoke about his, his personal life and, and some of the things that he struggled with for his career. I, I just think it's a really good podcast. And obviously, I'm going to say that because I'm one of Frank's biggest fans. So... I would suggest go and watch it because I think he he gives a lot of great insight into some of the problems at Chelsea. But he was never, I think the good thing is, he didn't just try and pass the, the blame to everyone else. You know, it wasn't the case that he just wanted to sort of dig and, and kick the boot in to players. I, I, he wasn't like that. I, I still think there was a level of professionalism there. So I think people thinking that it was just him kind of going on his soapbox and not taking any responsibility, I think, you know, isn't really like that. But I suggest going and listening to it. The other few things, uh, Ben Jacobs reporting that there is some frustration now from the Moises Casado camp due to the quite slow moving talks between Bryson and Chelsea, who still believe a deal can be struck for under 100 million. It still is it's going on and on and on. There will become a point in a few weeks' time because you, you'd want a player as important as Casado to our midfield to be around for pre-season. And this is the... I, I do wonder if we're getting close actually now to a point where Chelsea might think other targets... What those other targets are, I think, you know, you're not talking about obvious names, but I think it will be interesting to see if Chelsea do think to themselves, we'll go somewhere else if, if it's so clear that, that Brighton are just going to drag this thing out for as long as possible. So it looks like Kalamatsun Adoy to Fulham. Fulham feel pretty confident. I think that's a very good low. Um, I was going to say low move then. Very good move permanently for Kalamatsun Adoy. Premier League football remaining in London and we saw what Fulham did under Marco Silva last year uh, linking up maybe with Willian it's kind of unsure whether Willian's going to remain at Fulham or go to Nottingham Forest but I think that's a good move uh, for Hudson and Doy. I really do I think it's just good that they're, they're clarifying these players and as Nazar Kinsella referred to you know Hakim Ziyech Romelu Lukaku Lukaku what is going on with him uh, in terms of Inter Milan not wanting to pay anything, basically, uh, for Lukaku. But hopefully that gets wrapped up here. Emrick Aubameyang, the latest report I saw, Marseille was being linked with him and hudson Doy. So hopefully those do get wrapped up. And it has been sort of clarified, that I think, from Matt Law that some of these players are kind of training away from the main group. And that just, again, we spoke about this last week. It makes sense that that's happening because these players clearly do not have a future under Pochettino. So why would you get them in with the group um, and then maybe them having to leave swiftly. It just, it makes sense whilst they're in a little bit of limbo. So there we go. I mean, the other cool thing we're seeing in Kunku finally at Cobham training uh, with the first team. So we're really getting close now to having what would be a, a really strong squad to send out to the USA. I know that um, it's likely that Mikhailo Mudrik, Levi Colwell, we hope Levi Colwell, Nori Madawake will all be joining the group two um, next week, early next week to fly out to the US. And then we will see the first game um, against Wrexham and, and seeing how that goes and seeing what players... I, the thing I'm excited most about is that I feel like this preseason, especially in the early games, you're going to see players who will have a part to play. I don't think we're going to get any sort of like quite comical situations of players emerging and getting minutes who 
abundantly have like no future here whatsoever so I, I like that fact of this preseason. we'll be watching I think a lot of players who will be playing for Mauricio Pochettino and um, hopefully that means it will be a productive and a fruitful preseason, fitness wise but also cohesion to, to get us ready for that Liverpool game that is it for today's show. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch and listen to it. Follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea. Follow me on Freds at Son of Chelsea, on TikTok at Son of Chelsea. And also, as I mentioned earlier, the World Cup content, link in the description box below. And I will see you next week down under. Podcast Network.